0: So, a few weeks ago, I introduced our theme for the year, the theme of fearless, fearless. The theme of creating a courage culture. So, our theme is sort of a counter-cultural theme because courage culture is sort of counter-culture to cancel culture and COVID culture, and I'm just saying... Let's just rebel and let's just have a counter culture of our own of courage. Of what it really would mean, what it would look like to truly live our days on this earth, short as they are, but that we would live our days on this earth fearless and create, even here in this house and in your house, a culture of courage. And so, The question, of course, then, is how can we live a fearless life in a perilous world? Because this is a perilous world. But it's not new in any way. The world has basically always been pretty much a perilous world. But it sure seems so now more than ever. And so... We look at uh, Psalm 91 and uh, verse 5. And by the way, if you're joining us at home, wonderful. I didn't mean to ignore you. I welcome you. Good to good to, to be with you today. Thank you for letting us in your home as well. But in Psalm 91, we read in verse 5 and 6, just to show us that this season and this time, these perilous times are not just new to us. We read this. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday now i know that was written hundreds and hundreds of years before jesus but it sounds a whole lot like 2022 the new living translation says it like this do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly by day listen to this do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at noonday terrors in the night arrows in the day disease in the dark and disaster in the middle of the day so how? can I live courageous in such catastrophe how can I be calm and confident in the midst of calamity well when I introduced this theme a few weeks ago I read from Psalm 112 and verse 8 it's kind of a foundation for us this year Psalm 112 and verse 8 says, Those that fear the Lord. That's what they mean. They. Those who fear the Lord. That's the context of this passage of scripture. So those who fear the Lord are confident and fearless. And can face their foes triumphantly. Wow. So those who fear the Lord live with all other fears dispelled. Those who fear the Lord There is a fear that makes me fearless. It's almost like an inoculation, as it were, that just makes me free from the thing that I've just been inoculated from. There is a fear, a holy fear, a beautiful fear, a reverent fear, a fear that humbles me and and glorifies God, that makes me fearless of everything else. There is a fear that makes me clear and calm and confident and it's the fear of the lord the all of the lord the wonder of the lord the bigness of the lord the greatness of the lord when that is the biggest thing in my eyes in my heart in my sight then that fear makes me fearless yeah. we read in psalm 119 and verse 9 the fear of the lord is clean It's clean, enduring forever. It's not cluttered. It's not clumsy. The fear of the Lord is just like, it's just clean. Come on, let's just get on with it. It's clean. It makes me clean and keen and calm and clear. That's what the fear of the Lord is. So the fear of the Lord beats and defeats the fear of everything else. terrors, arrows, disease, destruction. It's the fear that makes me not afraid. Just not afraid. Man, a little bit goes a long way because it's catchy, it's contagious. Fearless is infectious. It sort of seems like contagious and infectious are words that belong to the devil, that belong to the enemy. But I'm telling you, they're not. They're also words that belong to the church of Jesus Christ. Courage is contagious, fearless is infectious. So in the book of Joshua, we get to that first chapter. Moses is dead, and the wilderness is done. Forty years, it's over, it's done. And Joshua stands there with the children of Israel behind him. And the land of Canaan in front of him. And a swollen, dangerous, deadly Jordan River right before them. A river that just can't be crossed. A river that will drown you if you step into it. And so here's Joshua. And he's got the children of Israel behind him. He's got the land of promise in front of him. He's got walled cities. He's got... Armed soldiers. And he's got this Jordan River. And now as he stands there. God says this. And actually in the first chapter of Joshua. God says this over and over again. You just count how many times. In those few verses of chapter 1. That God says this. But I'm going to verse 9. Here's what God says to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Do not. Be afraid or dismayed. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go there. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God. That's the fear. Because the fear of the Lord is here. Why are you fearing anything else or anyone else? God is right here. God is with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. You see, on the other side... Of fear. Was the land that flowed with milk and honey. The land of promise. And so here's my message this morning. The best things in life. Are on the other side. Of fear. The best things. In life. Are on the other side of fear. Fathers teach this to your sons. Mothers teach this to your daughters. Husbands and wives teach this to each other. Hold each other's hands, look each other in the eye, and say out loud together all the best things in life are on the other side of fear. In 1987, Carol and I left America in fear. Two skinny kids with three skinnier kids of our own. Hard to believe. Well, maybe one of them wasn't so skinny. We left our country in our comfort, we left our family and our friends. We left everything that was familiar and known for the unfamiliar and the unknown. We were scared. We were so scared. We boarded that airplane with our children. And when that cabin door closed, we gulped and we swallowed hard and we held each other's hands as we watched America disappear. The best things in our life have come to us on the other side of fear. The best friends we have ever had. The best life we have ever lived. The best ministry we've ever been a part of. We're all on the other side of fear. On the other side of fear was a life of meaning and purpose and significance. Many, many times, fear is like an arrow pointing us in the direction of exactly what we are supposed to do. The courageous... Do not run from their fear. They run toward it. I mean, that's what we see with David and Goliath. I mean, fear, we avoid it. Go the other way. Let's turn around. Let's stop. Let's go back. But the courageous do not run from their fear. They run toward their fear. And we see this in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 48. Goliath, David, the valley of Elah. And we read in verse 48. So it was... When the Philistine Goliath arose, how many know when he arose, probably the the ground shook a little bit. When, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, watch this, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Goliath had only ever seen people run from him all of his life. He had never seen anyone run toward him. I mean, that's a little unnerving right there. Fear makes us run the wrong way. Wait a minute, where are you going? This is your destiny. Wait wait a minute, where are you going? This is where all the promises of God are for you. Every good thing that came to David's life was on the other side of fear. There was a crown. There was a kingdom. There was a lineage of the Messiah. And it was all on the other side of fear. And his courage was contagious. Man, (laughs) When those armies that had been hiding in holes and caves and rocks for 40 days. And when that young guy started running toward Goliath. Everything. The culture in Israel changed. His courage was so contagious. He created that day. A courage culture in Israel. And there are chapters and chapters of the exploits and daring deeds of David's men. Man, if you were going to roll with David, you had to kind of roll like David. And courage just became the culture. How many did you slay today? Only 300. Oh. <laughs> Bit of a wuss. I mean, honestly, you can they were cringing and hiding and they were cowards in the rocks until they saw the courage of David. And then all of a sudden, well, 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 you know what? Goliath has cousins and Goliath has brothers. Well, the mighty men of David finally got to all of them. Uh-huh. Right. Your courage and my courage will create a courage culture in this house. Your courage will create a culture of courage in our children. It will create a culture of courage in our youth and in our young people. Man, how hard would it be to be a teenager today? How much courage would it be to be a Christian teenager today? Your courage will help establish that culture for your kids. A culture of courage in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, non-compromising. No, we're not afraid of that. We have the fear of the Lord that makes us free from the fear of that. A courage culture is created when we see it and seek it and say it and speak it. You know, our language communicates culture. And that's why we must stop using the F word. That's why we must stop using the four letter F word, F-E-A-R. We must stop speaking and decreeing and confessing fear. Instead, start using the four-letter B word, bold. Or the four-letter G word, guts or grit or gall. Or the four-letter H word, like hero. The best things in my life have all come to me on the other side of fear. The first time I kissed Carol. Oh, you know where I'm going with this. I was shaking in my boots. I was afraid to kiss her and she was afraid I wouldn't kiss her. (laughs) I was wearing combat boots and I was shaking in them. I took her face in my... Never mind. I just reliving that moment. I was so scared. I was afraid, Tim. I was afraid. But I cannot tell you all the good things that have come to my life on the other side of that fear and on the other side of that kiss. As a matter of fact, obviously last Sunday, Easter Sunday, and so we had all the family together for the first time in five months. Kristen was down from Tamworth and Joe and Dave up from Canberra and all of our family got to... And we walked up from our house to do a family Easter egg hunt. And we were all walking up to the park right behind our house there. And I look back. Man, there was 14 of us from one kiss. All the best things in my life have come to me on the other side of fear. You know, God spoke to Carol and I. At our I think it was our seventh missions conference. We were over on the high street mall up up in the uh, in the old snooker hall, back back in the day. And God spoke to Carol and I. I think it was a seventh missions conference. And God spoke to us to give every penny we had in the bank to missions that year. Oh, we had been saving for a down payment for a home. We had moved house something like six times in seven years and renting and and the rent would go up and we couldn't and it was just like my goodness and so we just we just thought we let's start saving and let's let's build an account and it was crazy because right above the church was the ANZ bank where the money was right above the church and I'm feeling this thing and I'm looking right down and I right down from my feet I can see all my money and savings down there and I could feel clearly the Holy Spirit urging Carol and I to give it all away Oh, man, we were afraid to give it away. We were afraid to withdraw it all. We were afraid to empty our account. But Carol went down there. I couldn't do it. Carol went down there, and she emptied the account. We gave it to missions. And made the biggest faith promise we could ever make with our hearts pounding in our chest. But the best things in our life, including the home we own today, have all come to us on the other side of fear. Now, we raised our children on Star Trek. Every episode of every episode of Star Trek, we watched it as a family, the kids growing up, Carol, her homemade pizza, and I'm telling you, from Jean-Luc Picard to the end, we watched every episode of Star Trek that there ever was. My kids, to this day, will tell you the truth. My favorite quote, in all those years of watching everything from the first generation to the last generation, I forgot... My favorite quote in all of the years of watching Star Trek. I get it mixed up. Not Star Wars, Star Trek, right? <laughs> Spock, right? Okay. My favorite quote was Captain Catherine Janeway of the USS Starship Voyager, who was fighting the most terrifying enemy that she had ever fought before with her crew. And this is her quote. Fear only exists for one purpose and that is to be conquered. Let's stop looking at fear and let's start looking beyond fear. Let's stop running from it and let's start running through it because some of the best things in life are on the other side of it. So On the other side, Joshua standing there, the children of Israel behind him, land of promise in front of him, and this swollen Jordan River, flooded Jordan River. On the other side of the flooded Jordan River was all the land of milk and honey, all the land, of all the promise of God. But let me tell you the truth. That river did not stop flowing until those priests courageously took that ark and didn't run from it but walked right into it. And as soon as those priests stepped into that flooded Jordan River miles upstream in a town called Adam, the river stopped flowing and they were able to cross. Was there fear? Of course there was fear. But on the other side of it was the land of promise. The best things in life are on the other side of fear. To be fearless We must stop speaking fear. Stop watching fear. Stop clicking fear. Stop reading fear. Stop hearing fear. Stop thinking fear. Clear your Netflix and anything else that has fear movies and fear stories and stop it. That's not you. That's not for you. Confess courage. Be bold. Be brave. Be valiant. Be gallant. See yourself as a new creation in Jesus Christ. Don't play over here with fear. Put on all of the armor of God. Decree and declare all the time. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid and I'm not dismayed. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Here's the deal I've made with fear. Here's the deal. I'm not afraid until I say I'm afraid. And I ain't saying I'm afraid. The hair may be standing up on the back of my neck, and I may be shaking in my boots while I'm puckering my lips. But I'm not afraid until I say I'm afraid. And I say I'm not afraid in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. David said. I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. I told you, he created a courage culture. And Paul teaches us in his letter to Timothy God has not given us. For God has not given us. uh, 2 Timothy 1 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. I don't have a spirit of fear. I don't have a spirit of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Second Timothy one, seven. I'm not afraid. Say it with me. I'm not afraid. Just change the atmosphere. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to raise a baby. People say, how would you raise a baby in this? I'm not afraid. Are you kidding me? The fear of the Lord is my strength. I'm not afraid of the enemies of God or the enemies of Christ or the enemies of the cross or the enemies of the church. Sorry, I'm not afraid. What about the economy? Not afraid. What about COVID? What about disease? What about destruction? What about war? What about arrow? Okay, it's here. I'm here, but it, uh, no No fear. No fear. No fear. No fear you'll not be afraid of the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the disease of destruction of midday. Because the best things in your life and my life come on the other side of fear. Romans eight fifteen. So you have not received, amen, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful, watch, slaves. Because that's what happens when you're fearful. You're someone else controls you. You're a slave. Someone else tells you what to do. Someone else tells you where to go. And many times you start going in the wrong direction and you start doing the wrong thing because because you're a fearful slave, because I'm a fearful slave. Paul says you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. If I'm not fearful, I'm not a slave. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we cry out, Abba, Father. I don't cry out, I'm afraid. I cry out, Abba, Father. Yeah. I'm not a slave. I'm a son. Yeah. Fear is a foe that is meant to be conquered. And if you think it's going to get easier and easier before the return of the Lord, probably should think again. We just got to get better and better. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Church of Jesus Christ. If you think it's going to mellow and get easier and maybe go back to kind of an easier, I think again, because that may not be. That may not be what happens. What may happen is the world just may get darker and darker while we get brighter and brighter. While we get stronger and stronger. While we get more courageous and more brave. I mean, that may be where we're headed. And then Paul says in verse 37, Yet in all these things, what things? You know, terrors, arrows, diseases, disasters. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Fear is a foe that is meant to be conquered. And we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And let me just finish with this thought, if the team would come. I believe we as a church, by the grace of God and the wonderful team and staff that we have, I believe, you know, we've... I think we've come through COVID pretty good. But, but that, that isn't where we are right now. Now it's completely coming out and completely coming in to a new day, a day of harvest, a day where the church of Jesus Christ is more needed in the earth than it's ever been. A day when the world needs the church to be clear and clean and pure and undivided in its soul and in its heart, passionate for Jesus, love. Come on, the world needs the church like that. Let me say this. Conquered fears bring great spoils. So, one day, Jehoshaphat is king, and news comes that Moab, Mount Seir, and Ammon have all crossed over around the Dead Sea. They're all hiding up near in Gedi, where the springs are. And there's so many of them you can't hardly number, and they've all come to conquer Israel, to take Jerusalem. They've come, these armies, these conquering armies, they've come. And ri- literally, they're just kilometers away from Jerusalem when Josh- when Jehoshaphat gets the news. And here's what we read. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. The armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the, uh, is that Minuites? Mennonites? No. Declared war on Jehoshaphat. Verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified. He was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So they're here. It's real. It's real. It's real. The terror is here in the night. The arrow is about to start flying by day. The destruction is looming. It's kilometers. It's just a few clicks away. And they're praying and they're fasting. And Josh scared. He's afraid. But in verse 20, one of the prophets of God speaks. And here's what he says, verse 15. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. See, this is what I'm talking about. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's listening to what the Lord says. That's what the fear of the Lord really is. It's listening to what the Lord says. Now, we've already heard what somebody else said, that they're surrounded, that enemies, that yada yada, you can't, you won't, you're going to die. But this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. I'm going to preach myself happy. Here's what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Say it with me. Do not. Be afraid. Say it with me. Do not be afraid. Come on, this is Anzac Day. Say it with me. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, whew, tomorrow, don't turn and run. Don't No, tomorrow, march straight right out into the middle of them. Tomorrow, walk right into their eyeballs. Tomorrow, get up and go straight towards them. I mean, fear wants me to do just the opposite of that. Fear wants me to be hightailing it out of Jerusalem, trying to make my way to to Joppa, somewhere to the sea. No, tomorrow. So go home tonight and sleep well. Get up in the morning and march out against them. And not only that, here, you'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. Now, they don't want you to know that, but I'm telling you right where they are. So I want you to just march straight up to them. But you will not need to fight. Take your positions. How many would say that we are positioned today in Jesus Christ? How many would say today we are well positioned In the earth, we are well positioned in Christ. He says, Take your position, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. It's gonna be good. He is with you, O people of Penrith. He is with you, O people of Warrington Downs. He is with you, O people of Mount Pleasant. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. For the Lord is with you. Okay? Okay. And then here's what we read in verse 22. So they go out. They're marching. Now again, like Goliath, this is not what the army expects. They don't expect to see Jerusalem get up and come marching straight towards them. And especially they don't expect them to be acting like they're having a party. (laughs) They do not. This is like Goliath. This is like, what? What? Because they're coming and they're not wailing and weeping and trembling and screaming and cursing. They're shouting and praising. They're carrying balloons. They're having a... They're, and they're marching right toward them, singing praises and glory and beauty of God. So the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. You know what? They got really confused. They got so confused at what was coming at them that they started fighting each other. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Now, verse 25 is the verse that shows us what's on the other side of fear. Verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment and clothing and valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them almost three days to collect it all. The plunder of nations was in the possession of the soldiers who were now ready to plunder Jerusalem and just add to their plunder. Instead, they just deposited their plunder for Joshua. The best things in life, the greatest riches, the greatest treasures are on the other side of fear. Stand with me. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Take the word. And let it go deep. Take the word and let it not just land on the surface. Let it come into our heart. Let it come into our soul. Let it be life-giving. Let it be life-bringing. Let it be life-causing. Let it change right now the minds and the hearts of many. May we never look at fear the same again. May we have a whole new concept and a whole new purpose and a whole new uh, uh, thought process and a whole new paradigm when it comes to fear. And may we only, only, only ever fear the Lord and decree and declare what he says. I pray in Jesus' name.